This is The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. What if I told you there was a simple way to improve your sleep, recover faster from your workouts, help maintain or even lose weight, feel better every day, and even save you money? You'd be interested, right? It's simple, but for many people, if not most, it won't be easy or even welcome. But if you're stuck in a plateau and you're looking for one thing that can help you break it, take a look at your alcohol consumption. Can even moderate drinking be holding you back from your best performances? Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. In today's episode, we'll explore the effects of alcohol on your training. We'll go over how even small amounts of alcohol affects your sleep and recovery, how it's related to inflammation, dehydration, and performance loss, and, ironically, why the popular trend of dry January might not be as helpful as it seems. This episode is not about judging those who choose to responsibly enjoy alcohol in moderation. Instead, it's about truly understanding your choices and how they affect your life, health, and your running. Before we get into the details, I'd like to invite you to run with me in my beautiful hometown this fall. September 12th through 15th, 2024, I will be hosting a four-day running retreat in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Asheville, North Carolina. We'll stay in luxury cabins right on the French Broad River where we can run right out the door. You'll get run coaching, strength training classes, running gait analysis, and more. And of course, it will feature amazing plant-based food and a little nightlife as well. We had so much fun last year that I cannot wait to do it again. It's perfect for adult runners of all ages, paces, and abilities, and you're bound to meet runners just like you. Spaces are very limited and it's first come first serve. So sign up today at theplantedrunner.com slash retreat. I'll be offering early bird pricing until March 15th. So be sure to take advantage of that as soon as you can. I can't wait to run with you this September. As runners who care about performance and improvement, we're always looking for the latest and greatest technique, supplement, or product out there to give us a training edge. We drink beet juice, buy shoes that promise to make us 4% faster, and analyze our steps per minute looking for tiny ways that we can hack ourselves into becoming just a little bit better. More often than not, it's the big picture things that matter the most, like good, consistent training, good rest and sleep, and good nutrition. Is it really hurting our running to enjoy a few drinks? Let's find out. Most of us work hard and run hard and enjoy drinking in moderation. Nothing I could possibly say in this podcast is going to change some people's minds, and that's not my goal here. I enjoy a nice glass of wine myself, but I've certainly noticed that alcohol affects me a lot differently than it used to when I was in my 20s. So at least for me, I am open to learning as much as I can about it. This is a really fascinating topic to me because alcohol is so prevalent in our society, even though we all know it's not good for us. It's complicated because we use alcohol to celebrate, commiserate, and unwind after a hard day. And nothing tastes better after a long, hot run than an ice-cold beer. It's pretty safe to say that most people would agree that closing down the bar the night before your marathon is not a great idea. Being tired, dehydrated, and hungover at the starting line can't be great for performance. 
But what about moderate consumption? Maybe not the night before the big race, but in general. The Centers for Disease Control say that moderate drinking is defined as one drink a day for women and two drinks for men. And some people really do stop after one or two drinks, and that is true moderation. Others choose to have three or four or five or even more, and then they abstain for a day or more before indulging again, which is technically not moderation, but binging, even if you stay within the weekly threshold of moderation. According to the CDC, two-thirds of the drinkers in the U.S. do not drink moderately. Heavy drinkers are at risk for alcoholism, increased risk for many types of cancers, stomach ulcers, weight gain, and all its associated health problems, bleeding in the intestinal tract, liver disease, and more. Not to mention motor vehicle accidents, poor decision-making, and countless ruined relationships. Now, I would argue that most runners, especially those who are really invested in health and fitness, are not typically heavy drinkers, but they simply like to enjoy a beer or two with friends a few times a week. Is there any harm in this? Let's take a look at the effects and you can make that call for yourself. One of the most powerful things that alcohol does is rob you of deep sleep. While a drink or two might help you fall asleep faster, the sleep that you do get is less restorative. In fact, alcohol is one of the most powerful suppressors of REM sleep known to science, that deep dream sleep that you need to process memories. According to Harvard sleep scientist Matthew Walker, people consuming even moderate amounts of alcohol in the afternoon or the evening are depriving themselves of sleep. Alcohol is because it's a sedative. What it's really doing is trying to essentially knock out your cortex. It's sedating your cortex. And sedation is not sleep. But when we have a couple of drinks in the evening, when we have a couple of nightcaps, we mistake sedation for sleep saying, well, I always, when I have a, like a couple of whiskeys or a couple of cocktails, it always helps me fall asleep faster. In truth, what's happening is that you're losing consciousness quicker, but you're not necessarily falling naturalistically asleep any quicker. So that's one of the first sort of things just to keep in mind. The second thing with alcohol is that it fragments your sleep. And we spoke about the quality of your sleep being just as important as the quantity. And alcohol through a variety of mechanisms, uh, some of which are activation of that autonomic nervous system, that fight or flight branch of the nervous system. Alcohol will actually have you waking up many more times throughout the night. So your sleep is far less continuous. Now, some of those awakenings will be of conscious recollection the next day. You'll just remember waking up. Many of them won't be. And so, but yet your sleep will be littered with these sort of punctured awakenings throughout the night. And again, when you wake up the next morning, you don't feel restored by your sleep. You know, fragmented sleep or non-continuous sleep in this alcohol-induced way is usually not good quality sleep that you feel great on the next day. Chronic lack of sleep not only makes you tired, but it reduces your motor skills, endurance, time to exhaustion, impairs your cardiovascular, metabolic, and respiratory capabilities, as well as your ability to cool yourself through sweating. Sleep is the best performance-enhancing tool out there, 
And we all know how tough running and life is when we don't get enough. After the break, we'll look into some of the other costs of your nightly nightcap, some you might not have thought about before. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Cherie Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. Welcome back to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. So we know that even moderate amounts of alcohol can steal our sleep. Let's look at a few more effects. Of course, a well-known impact of alcohol is dehydration. It's a diuretic, so your body pulls water from your cells to metabolize it. As runners, we work hard to stay properly hydrated, and this will be even harder on your runs the day after drinking. Dehydration impacts running performance because it lessens your ability to cool your body through sweat. At extreme stages, it can even affect the proper functioning of your circulatory system, which is clearly a hazard for health and performance. Fortunately, we can counteract the effects by drinking extra water before, during, and after drinking alcohol. Perhaps a lesser known effect alcohol consumption has is that it creates inflammation in the body and it increases swelling. This process can increase your risk of injury, decrease your body's immune function, which can then contribute to delayed healing of existing injuries. In other words, it can silently make you sick. Then there is the caloric cost of alcohol. That frosty IPA can set you back 200 or 300 calories or even more, and let's face it, you are a lot less likely to choose a salad instead of the extra-loaded nachos when you've had a few microbrews. Your body will prioritize metabolizing alcohol above all else. So while you're eating your third serving of those greasy nachos with the IPA, the alcohol calories get burned first, while the food calories, more often than not, get stored as fat. I want to be clear, indulging every once in a while is perfectly fine within a healthy runner's diet. But if you're trying to stay fit and trim, alcohol is a double whammy. The next lesser known issue with alcohol for runners has to do with fueling your runs. Chronic alcohol use can impair your body's ability to process glycogen in the liver, which we know is the body's preferred fuel for running fast. That will not only hurt your running during your run, but it will slow the recovery process afterwards. And while your liver is busy processing alcohol, its ability to clear lactate built up from running is impaired, causing you to slow down before your true fitness says it should. 
Once again, when alcohol enters your body, getting rid of it is your body's number one priority at the expense of everything else. But let's get real here. Most runners are not taking a shot of vodka before their daily run. So is your body really processing the alcohol you had last night during your run the next day? Well, according to the CDC, it takes about 72 hours after overconsumption for your elevated heart rate to go down to normal, along with your performance ability. It seems logical that it would take less time to return to normal after moderate consumption, but advanced urine tests can detect alcohol in your system anywhere from 48 to 80 hours after your last drink. That means the beer you had after your long run on Saturday is still in your system at the track on Tuesday. Of course, you might find that the effects are minor and you'd rather not give up alcohol completely during training. But I highly recommend that you take a break at least a week before any major goal race, just to be on the safe side. Now that we've talked about how alcohol consumption before running affects you, what about after? It seems that nearly all races have a beer tent set up, and some races even give you free beer with your entry. What's the harm in that? Well, again, dehydration is back in play. After a race, you are already dehydrated, so choosing a beer before water will put you further into a dehydrated debt. So if you're going to imbibe, down a bottle of water first. Alcohol after an intense effort can also interfere with your body's glycogen replenishment and muscle repair. Remember, getting rid of alcohol is your body's first priority, so creating glycogen is going to be off the table while your liver is preoccupied with the IPA, which delays recovery. Not to mention, beer is protein-free, so it does nothing to help repair damaged muscles. So obviously, zero alcohol is the healthiest choice, but if you are going to treat yourself, how much is too much after a hard-earned race? A 2014 study in the journal Sports Medicine found that for most people, a dose less than half a gram per kilogram of body weight is ideal to prevent stalling recovery. So let's do some math. A standard unit of alcohol contains about 14 grams of alcohol. A unit is defined as either 12 ounces of a 5% beer, 5 ounces of a 12% wine, or an ounce and a half of 80 proof liquor. A 150-pound runner is 68 kilograms, so that runner would want to consume less than 34 grams of alcohol, or 2.42 units of a 5% ABV beer, to keep recovery optimal following a run. And that's assuming you know how heavy your craft beer is, because many are much higher in alcohol. So to simplify, one or two drinks after a race, depending on your size, preferably after you've had some water and some food, is probably not hurting you too much. And finally, I want to address the trend of dry January or sober October. The idea is that you give up alcohol for just a month so you can learn how it affects you and have a better relationship with alcohol when you go back to it, if you even do. On the surface, this is a great idea, and if it sparks you to quit forever, that clearly is the best outcome for your physical health. But what seems to happen to many is that a few weeks into February, you're right back where you started in December. If you're treating dry January as some kind of virtuous experience and you don't have a real plan for true habit change, 
it's not going to stick, even after several sober weeks. Of course, there is no harm in trying some time off. Just be sure you have a plan for what happens when the month is over. There is a reason alcohol is so embedded in our society. It makes us temporarily feel good, despite the cost you might have to pay later. I'm not saying all athletes should give up alcohol forever unless that's your choice. But knowing how it affects you before, during, and after your training can empower you to make the best choice for you and your running. Cheers. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is be a goldfish. Taken from the show Ted Lasso, be a goldfish means have a short-term memory for both wins and losses. If you have a race go painfully wrong, allow yourself to feel upset, learn where you can do better, and then forget about it. Same with big wins. Feel the joy of a great race, learn how you can do even better, and then get back to the work that got you there in the first place. Overthinking and rumination, whether about the good or the bad, can leave you stuck right where you are. With a short-term memory, you're ready to move on and improve. Thank you for listening to The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple Podcast review, so be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach, and it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next, because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.